Hello and welcome to this podcast from Pure Sports Medicine. We're a team of expert clinicians based in seven locations across London and we're passionate about getting you active, helping you get better after injury and hopefully preventing further problems. My name is Sam Wilde and I'm a physiotherapist and deputy clinical director for Pure Sports Medicine and our aim is to share with you the kind of advice and tips we're giving out to our patients every day in clinic. This episode is one in a series all about nutrition and in it we're going to be hearing from Pure Sports Medicine's Mark Bubbs. Mark is also performance nutrition lead for Canada Basketball, the author of several books and he also has his very own podcast aptly entitled the Dr Mark Bubbs Performance Podcast. As you've no doubt guessed he's an expert when it comes to how nutrition benefits elite athletes. But what about the rest of us mortals? Well, I asked him that very question. Yeah, it's a great question, and it's definitely such an important thing to be able to translate what's in the science and, and bring it down into our for our patients and clients. And I think a classic example is an endurance sport. You know, Andy Jones, a PhD here in, in in London, was part of the Breaking Two effort with Eliab Kipchoge, the world record holding marathoner, to try to run a sub two marathon. And so, a lot of the fueling recommendations that we give in sport are for these elite runners and of course a lot of us who used to play sport growing up or we run run recreationally and we feel like we're pretty fit we think that we're close to being a you know a pro and so you know Andy tells this great story of, of a friend of his being an elite recreational runner and whilst he's doing this breaking two uh, supporting that that team he had some recreational athletes come in to get tested but the classic treadmill test so the speed starts at you know, 10 kilometers an hour, they build all the way up to 17. And this recreational athlete is running as hard as he can. He's totally winded. That's it. He can't go any further. And then in come in the professional athletes and they start their warm up at that speed. And so it's two totally different scenarios, right? And I think sometimes we end up fueling our recreational athletes like their professional athletes. And we see now with some of the technologies we can use, like continuous glucose monitors, we actually saw a study show that 40% 40% of the athletes, so 4 out of 10 recreational endurance athletes, spent 70% of the week with their blood sugar levels in a pre-diabetic state. So they were over-fueling, which is something that we don't necessarily think about with, with clients. And so for recreational clients, over-fueling is an issue because all of a sudden now you're not only going to not perform your best, and you might struggle with more joint pain and joint stiffness, but if we look at some of the metrics around the health aspect of your fasting glucose, or your CRP, a measure of inflammation, or your triglycerides on your lipid panel, all these things are gonna be moving in the wrong direction. And so for people who wanna exercise to be healthy, to help with mental performance, physical performance, it's really important to get the right fueling strategy. And there's there's nuance in that depending on your level and whatnot. So when you say over-fueling, you're talking about those patients that are, they're exercising, but they're taking on more fuel than they actually need for the energy they're using, I presume. Yeah, and this happens in, in two different ways. And so the first way might be in, in terms of over the course of the day. Um, but the most immediate one that we can really directly impact is just during the run. And, and classically, you know, we're advising people to take on board 30, 40, 50, 60 grams of, of sugars in the form of gels whilst they're exercising. And, you know, even today, when we see the recommendations by the American College of Sports Medicine, etc., even for the elites, 30 to 50% of the training sessions should be done with low carbohydrate availability, which means you know, we're strategically and purposely limiting the amount of fuel that's going in because we want to train the body's ability to burn your own body fat stores as a fuel. And I think what people 
don't realize is that even if you're 10% body fat, which is basically you can start to see some abs, you've still got 30,000 calories of energy. I mean, you could run close to 10 marathons with no fuel. And so we, we definitely need to train the body up to be able to access body fat better and use it as a fuel source. And that's why you know training nutrition is gonna be different typically than race day nutrition. And race day nutrition, when you ask you know, the experts, it's like treating your, your body like a used car. That's when you pour in all the sugars and you really push performance because you're trying to reach that top end. But you know, before that, you've gotta really work on your, your metabolic flexibility. So the, the capacity of your body to burn carbohydrates if they're present, but if we withhold the carbohydrates, now all of a sudden your body can flip the switch quite well and burn body fat for fuel. And that'll typically translate to just better body composition overall. And the trickle-down effects even for health in terms of good blood sugar control. Um, again, triglyceride levels, inflammation, all those things tend to go hand in hand. There's a classic scenario here, I think, where patients will complain that they've been exercising for a while. They've maybe started a new regime of running or cycling or doing something. And they've consistently managed to keep going, but they're not losing any weight. They're complaining that, Oh, I've been doing it for this long, but I've stayed the same weight. In fact, they may have even gained a little bit of weight. So is that a scenario where the fueling strategies are wrong? They, that needs some adjustment. And if they do that, actually, they're going to get greater success. Yeah, that's a classic example. I mean, the London Marathon would be a great example. You get clients who train up, you know, two, three, four months of exercise. They're literally tripling, quadrupling, sometimes five or six-fold increasing their activity level and yet only losing a few pounds. And when we think of the energy in versus energy out, I mean, at 30,000 feet, that's the principle by which we're losing weight. So there's, there's definitely an issue with, with how that individual's fueling. And the nice part is it's very straightforward and simple solutions around, you know, pulling out carbohydrates at various times or tweaking what we're eating before we run or after we run. Um, but that's, you know, a really crucial part. If you're exercising more and you're not seeing the results on the body composition side, and that's what you're trying to achieve, then definitely it's time to to get back and look at that fueling strategy and, and start to tailor it and individualize it a little bit more. And in terms of monitoring and reviewing progress, presumably you won't just rely on seeing that client back in the clinic. You, you can do this over Skype. You can do this over to some point over email and, and telephone as well. Yeah, that's been a big um, eye-opener over the last few years in working with athletes and elite-level athletes of, of being able to have more touch points. So whilst it's important to get in for a visit, to be able to maintain this progress, you know, quick email, you know, every week or so about status updates, monitoring, you know, these things are invaluable to keep, keep the progression going and to build the habits that we're looking to build because ultimately with all this stuff, we're really changing behavior and that, that takes time and it takes a bit of conversation back and forth. But the beauty of it is once you do make some of those changes, then all of a sudden it's very easy to maintain the progress you've made rather than unfortunately for a lot of people after making some progress, whether it's performance or body composition, they tend to regress, you know, two, three, four months after that, they're back to where they started from. Mark Bubb speaking there. And you can hear more from Mark on our other episodes all about nutrition. The best way to get hold of them is to subscribe to our channel on whatever platform you use. Also, if you've got time to rate, review and share the podcast, that could help others who may find this advice really useful. Finally, if you'd like to know more about us, then please do go to our website, puresportsmedicine.com. For now, though, it's goodbye. <laughs>